Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy! We're both going. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Arthur Richardson. I have with me Colton Jones, as always. We're glad to have you back, and we are under an open heaven podcast. Thanks for listening again. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, Elijah, and since it's a really long, it's a really long story. Um, Colton has graciously said that he will uh, story tell for us tonight. So, yeah, kick back. Enjoy the beautiful notes of Colton Steve's voice. I think you're, uh, <laughs> I think you're building some expectations there that of course I wasn't I am. expecting. Okay, so uh, <laughs> yeah, basically uh, the story is quite a bit long, and I decided you know might as well I'm just gonna paraphrase it a little bit so we can talk about the points here. Um, so there was a problem in Israel at the time of Elijah, where the Israelites were being persuaded to worship Baal, which was you know he's a dirty little god (laughs) sure yeah if you want to put it that way he's 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 a god of uh of another religion and they i believe a fertility was his thing yeah and they often offered blood sacrifices and child sacrifices uh anyway so yeah he was baal was a was was not a god like yahweh yeah he was not like the god that the israelites knew and Elijah said that he was, he was, I'm the last prophet of the Lord in Israel. And uh, so he more or less challenged the 450 priests of Baal to say like, all right, if the Lord God of Israel is God, he will show up. If, the, if Baal is God, he will show up. So let's see. Let's see if you will uh, answer this challenge. And we're going to take two bulls. You have the pick. So you get to pick the bull you want. You're going to go construct an altar, cut up the bull, and do your ritual and call down your God on your altar. And if your God answers in fire, then that is that is God. You know, Baal is God. But if my God answers in fire, then that is God. You know, the, you know, the God of the land. And... So it says that they started at, what was it, nine in the morning. So the priests, they took the bowl, they cut it up and stuff like that. They started doing their ritual for calling down Baal. And, um, you know, Elisha was kind of heckling them. And, oh, yeah. No, he was heckling them for oh, sure. He was hardcore. Yeah, it says that uh, at, at noon, uh, they were crying, you know, Baal, answer us. And there was no sound, no one answering. They hopped around the altar and then Elijah was taunting them. He was just like, call louder. Uh, is he asleep? Yeah. Is yeah. he taking a dump? <laughs> He's got a poop. So in, a, in effect, he was kind of like messing with them. He was kind of saying that actually. Yes. So he was just, uh, he said, uh, he may be busy doing his business or he may be on a journey. Perhaps he's asleep and needs to be awakened and all this stuff. So he's just like messing around with their minds as they're they literally then take out like swords and knives and spears and like slash themselves to make themselves bloody as part of their ritual and it gets pretty intense um and then elijah and by the way the israelites were watching or you know the people of israel were watching this happening they were looking to see like all right 
who's going to show up? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? And um, then Elijah was just like, all right, come here, guys. We're going to, I'm going to show you who the God of, of Israel is. Then he builds the altar. He uses like 12 stones to build this altar, you know, puts, puts the, takes the, his bowl, cuts it up, puts it on the altar and digs a trench around the altar. And he was like, all right, I want you guys to fill these jugs with water and pour it on this altar and do it again and do it again. And uh, it's kind of like the miracle movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where the coach whistles and blows his whistle and says again. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> so like pretty much, yeah, he was just like, we're going to make this, we're going to, it was sort of like an act of faith. Yeah. Uh, a prophetic act, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you listen last week, um, it was, he was saying like, I'm going to soak the sacrifice, the wood and the altar in water. And I'm going to expect God to come and fire anyway and digs the trench around. And it says that the trench was even filled with water around the altar. Then he says this prayer, uh, wanting God to come and demonstrate to his people that he is still the God of his people, the God of Israel. And it says that the, the flames came down, consumed the, the bull, the wood, the altar, and, and, you know, says drank up the water lapped up the water yeah consumed even the dust yeah yes so like nothing so it was like a really spectacular Mm -hmm. sign of like the power of god and the israelites were like they were convinced at that point so he was just like all right israelites go bring me the 450 priests of baal so they go and get the 450 priests of baal and more or less it says um they seized them elijah brought them down uh to the wadi kishan which I don't know what that is. I don't either. I could probably look that up. But anyway, and there he slaughtered them. So for, he, he put them out of their misery. He, yeah, he, so he, he, right then and there, he killed 450 priests of Baal. Um, so I imagine he was pretty tired after that. Because it actually, after that, it says he went and like sat down, put his head on his knees. Uh after that but also after that there was this person called jezebel who is more or less a a big influence on the priest uh, on the king i think she was either his uh newest wife Mm -hmm. or his newest concubine one of the two and so she believed in the in baal and stuff like that and was more or less pretty responsible for the state of israel yeah at that point single-handedly yeah and so then she had big beef with elijah all of a sudden because maybe i don't know he killed all of the priests of baal and so now he was on the run yep and uh of course being tired and having to flee and realizing that israel wasn't defending him you know the people that he he showed the power of god to they weren't defending him and so he fell into this deep state of sorrow of depression and he sat beneath this broom tree and begged god to kill him yep you know and it wasn't until an angel or it says in this uh version a messenger which in greek the word for angel and the word for messenger are the same thing but yeah came and brought him water and bread so uh anyway so he more or less just ate drank and slept and after that uh he got up and walked to the mountain of god horeb which is apparently a 40 a 40 days and nights walk from where he was yeah that's crazy yeah 
So that's it's pretty insane. And so this is the point where I think we're pretty familiar with. He walks up to the mountains seeking God. Mm-hmm. And um, God says, you know, come outside and you will see uh, me passing by. And then there's this big blowing wind, this earthquake and this fire that come. And it wasn't, and God said, that's, I was not in the the, the earthquake, wind, the, the earthquake, earthquake, the wind, wind and the fire. fire yeah. And, uh, but then there was a still small voice. Hmm. It says, but the Lord was not the fire. After the fire, a light, silent sound. And when he heard this, Elijah hid his face from his cloak, went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And the voice said to him, why are you here, Elijah? Which, by the way, God asked him that before when he came to the mountain. He said, I have been most zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, but the Israelites have forsaken your covenant. They have destroyed your altars. And so he's finally now able to hear God because obviously God had done those amazing things, you know, given him the strength uh, to stand up to the priests of Baal and, of course, slaughter them. And then... Um, all of that and God was at that point just showing him the new way of seeing him, perceiving him. Yeah. So, um, Art, what do you think about this particular account? What do you think about this story? I think we see some of the most complicated realities within scripture in this again, right? We see a group of people turn their backs against a religious leader even after God reveals his power and his might and his love. You also see a religious leader take out vengeance and take out his own idea of justice upon the other religious leaders. And then you also see this religious leader enter into a deep depression and yet God still sustain him. And I think this is, this is where it gets really interesting, right? God didn't smite down Jezebel. You know, there, you, you might find the temptation of like, well, why did God allow Elijah to slaughter 450 people? Well, just the same as he allowed Jezebel to slaughter however many prophets of of his own people, you know. There's there's this weird paradox of free will that's involved here, which is a reflection of who God is. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to really wrestle with that in, in a good way. Um in order to better understand who God is, is within the mystery of our, our gift of the free will. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think also after God reveals himself with consuming the sacrifice with fire, how he reveals himself just to Elijah is with a still small voice and accenting like the fire, the wind, the earthquake. God is saying, I'm not there. Mm -hmm. 
who I am is Yahweh. Right. And I like how you mentioned before that uh, to say Yahweh out loud in Israel yep. at the time, you couldn't like say it in a regular voice. It's like something you had to keep sacred mm-hmm. and breathe out. Right. The syllables, uh, so it's just consonants. How you pronounce them is like a breath in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's also sort of how God showed up for him yep. in this silence and the stillness. And I think uh, someone on Facebook, one of my friends posted about, uh, it, was, it was a quote from someone about, the importance of silence more or less that's kind of like what the quote was getting around to the importance of silence in the human heart mm-hmm. uh and I, I was kind of thinking about that because i understand the importance of silence in my own spiritual life if yeah. i don't have silence literally the rest of my day is usually turbulent and noisy <laughs> you know if it's mm-hmm. not noisy outside of me it's going to be noisy inside of me and being able to distinguish between these different noises makes uh it just is really difficult Mm -hmm. so i'm coming kind of coming back to the importance and understanding the importance of spiritual silence um as well as just physical silence guiding that spiritual silence so uh i think also blaise pascal said like also paraphrasing paraphrasing pascal um all of man's troubles can be attributed to his inability to sit in a silent, dark room in a dark room alone or yep. silently and alone and that's kind of true <laughs> i don't know many people who uh who have a common practice uh, at least I, I i haven't talked to people who have a common practice of sitting maybe in meditation in prayer but just purely in silence um or even letting the reality of who you are mm-hmm. hit you yeah and being okay with it you know yeah i mean that's i think that's that's the thing that silence not to completely derail the conversation mm-hmm. but it's in silence that god gently brings forth the things that he wants to work on yeah you know it's like it might seem like a distraction it's probably not yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> this this wasn't the high point of Elijah's prophet. You know, no. His, his, prof, his career as a prophet. Uh, you would think that like doing something so amazing, like calling down the fire of God on the altar and then slaying 450 priests, that would define his career as a prophet. It kind of uh, did, but it, it, it didn't. I mean, it d- definitely had its mark, but I don't think that's what God was calling him to do, the great thing, of course. But I mean, like Elijah was still known as like one of the most powerful and influential prophets in mm-hmm. Israel. Uh, Cause that's what, I mean, like prophets, I mean, like he was definitely needed at this time. Israel was straying from God and yeah. he was the only prophet left. So it was slim pickings for like who was going to be influential and who, who was going to have a say. So it was more or less him and then Alicia behind him. So um, yeah, his, his career wasn't going or not career, because it's not really a career, but his vocation, his calling, wasn't going to be defined exactly by this moment, but rather his decision to persist. Yep. You know, beneath the broom tree, he found the strength to continue. After begging God for death, mm-hmm. he got up and he walked 40 days and 40 nights. Sound familiar? 
<laughs> should should sound familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went to the mountain of the Lord. And of course, what happens when people climb, they ascend the mountain of God. They encounter him. Yeah. And he encounters him in the most profound way that anyone has ever encountered God. At least that's what we know from Moses. Because Moses encountered him in the exact same way. He saw the trail of the Lord. God was going to pass him by. Yeah. And God came and he passed by Elijah and sat and talked with him. You know, yeah. In a, in a the really interesting way. thing is that Elijah hid his face, whereas Moses looked on. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Obviously, Elijah was afraid of dying. He was like, man, I mean, I'm the... <laughs> Which is funny because just a little bit ago, he'd been begging for death. Right, right. So maybe he found some good uh, inspiration not to beg for that anymore. But anyway... Um, I think, uh, uh, as a side note, you know, to step aside from the topic real quick, Ar- quick, Arthur and I wanted to maybe make our podcast a little bit shorter. We're trying some stuff out. And, uh, so shortly we're going to be wrapping up, but we're going to have our final thoughts here. Uh, so we think that having nice bite-sized podcasts might help, um, help with, of course, the editing process <laughs> as well as maybe the listening process for you guys. Yeah. So we're just looking to see what works, and uh, we're, we hope that the the format that we're going to try to stick to, the shorter format, will be uh, be good for you guys as well as for us. So, Arthur, any final thoughts on this? The only thing that I have to say, I guess, as a final thought, is not being afraid to allow God to stretch your mind and your heart. This is this is an interesting situation where this takes human success and flips it and inverts it that this story is kind of a tragedy even though god revealed his glory yet god does not abandon his prophet Mm -hmm. you know i think i think this is a word of hope for us in a day and age where I think there's this pressure to feel like we need to perfectly do things in order to, to receive God's love. And it's just not the case. If you're anything like me receiving a great amount of love or like seeing God at work, misinterpreting what God wants, or just straight up thinking that you know what justice is making mistakes and then feeling the consequences of that, Mm -hmm. right? God is still there and willing to reveal himself to us and to heal us. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my last thoughts. My final thoughts on this, uh, I think how I understand that this, this connects to my life is, you can see God doing a lot of amazing things. Like, of course, the Israelites and Elijah, they saw God bring down fire on that altar that was soaked with water and it consumed everything. And then they took immediate action. It looked like progress was being made. Mm -hmm. They took immediate action to rid their land of the prophets of Baal, the people they saw as sort of people encroaching on the land of the Lord. And still after that it seemed like nothing changed yep and i know if any of our listeners have been on a retreat you've 
encountered something similar. You're like, wow, God is doing work here. We're, there, there is some actual change happening, you know, and maybe that grace carries through for another week and you realize like, wow, my life is actually great uh, because of God. But then all of a sudden things slow down. You lose that energy mm-hmm. and maybe you go and find a broom tree and beg for death. Yep. You know, I maybe it's not quite that extreme, but it de- you definitely experience this, this, this drop in fervor. And... It's all a part of the spiritual journey. You're not exempt from it. Mm-hmm. When you see God doing great things, well, congratulations. That's a part of the spiritual journey. You're on it. Yep. You're doing it. Uh, so I think in those times when we come back, maybe we find ourselves underneath that broom tree. Accepting that like simple gifts of bread and water to sustain us. Because I don't think, for, for me, whenever I thought of hearth bread, it seems kind of like you, you don't have a raging fire to bake this bread in, but you have enough dough and you have the hearth, which is the coals left over uh, from the fire. And you use that to bake your bread. You know, it's going to be like whey bread, you know. Um, and we have this concept in the last rites of viaticum which is food for the journey yeah food for the journey way bread and uh that's the last time someone receives the eucharist before they die mm-hmm. in 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 little ways accepting like uh that little death that elijah had because he in a in a way he kind of did die under that broom tree but then he after being fed by this bread he rose and walked 40 days, 40 nights. Understanding that the spiritual journey isn't going to be all fire on altars and slaying priests of Baal. It's going to be, it's, a lot of it's going to be mundane walking yeah. and simple meals and persistence, seeking the word of God. And whenever God knows he has you walking, whenever you start ascending that mountain of God, He's going to train your heart to not listen to the big noises, the big things that happen, but rather the still small voices, you know, the silent sounds of his voice. And that's kind of how I understand it in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I've gotten the opportunity, like through Encounter, to see um, a lot of amazing things. But of course, running up against those difficult moments is, I'm not exempt from it. And none of us is. So, that's what I have. And also that kind of is some advice too. Mm-hmm. I mean, to understand that that's, that's just a part of the spiritual journey. If you have these amazing moments in prophecy, as maybe you are praying for the gifts of prophecy and you're with other people and you're recognizing that, wow, the spirit is moving. If you notice a lull or anything like that, it's just a part of the spiritual life. No one told you to stop. There wasn't a bell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> keep going. Yeah. I like it. Are right, you ready to pray and wrap her up? Let's do it. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to see ourselves within the story. Help us to be consumed by you, 
as a living sacrifice. Help us to feel supported by you, even after our failures. Forgiven by you, even after our failures. Lord, in our darkness, in our fear, and in our desolation, Lord, I ask you to lift us up, give us food for the journey. Give us your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to fill us, to nourish us. Lord, I ask you to speak to your children today. Give us the grace, the courage, Elijah and reveal reveal your glory to the nations, reveal your glory over our idols. Lord, help us to have mercy on those other priests. Help us to give them a chance to convert to the grace to let go of our warlike ideas of justice. For your love shines on the wicked and the just alike. Your mercy shines on me. sister, and me and my enemy. We praise you, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day, and God bless. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast blessed you. And we ask if it did, share that with the people that you love so that it can bless them as well. If you want to reach out to us, we are available on Facebook. We are under an open heaven. Our email address is under an open heaven dot fire at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at under an open heaven dot fire. So Please go uh, give those a gander and send us any feedback that you want. We would be happy to reply to you. God bless. Bye.